0: You're listening to Pimelo Moutini on SAFM. So, listen to this. A thousand richest people, the thousand richest people on the planet recoup their COVID 19 losses within just nine months. So, that has ha- already happened because we are uh, more than nine months into the pandemic, okay? But it could take more than a decade more than a decade for the world's poorest to recover from the economic impacts of the pandemic and this is from a study done by Oxfam and it's a report that they've penned the an equal virus which was uh, published for the first time at the World Economic Forum in Davos and uh, to talk to us about this is Mtandazo Ndlovu governance program manager at Oxfam SA thank you so much Mtandazo for making the time to talk to us good afternoon
1: Good afternoon, Pimedon. Good afternoon to your listeners.
0: The numbers here are, are quite staggering. They're quite frightening. And uh, you, you make mention of the fact that some of these issues are rearing their ugly heads because there are structural problems, economic structural problems that put us where we are.
1: Certainly, indeed. We live in a world, uh, I think, characterized by broken economic systems. So in reality, as we have experienced, I think COVID-19 is really exposing uh, the weaknesses not only in the economic system but also in the healthcare and the education systems uh, but also just to give context that uh, uh, out of 10 out of the 1000 uh, uh, billionaires that or millionaires that we make reference to
0: mm.
1: 10 have made a profit uh, equivalent or just above um, uh, 500 um, a billion or half a trillion US dollars in just over nine months. Uh, so those are fortunes which they have amassed as a result of the broken uh, economic system that uh, kind of uh, favours the few, favours the elites, and really talks to the, the the question and the issue of political capture, which is at the at the centre of the crisis that we face. And and we see this uh, benefiting multinational corporations. Um, and, of course, uh, controlled by the few uh, global elites who seem to have an influence and exact um, uh, public policymaking power, which in, in the end uh, favors them at the expense of the majority.
0: If that's the case, then, then how are we going to get to a situation where we are going to change this tide? Because it actually does serve the very few to keep the status quo.
1: Certainly, indeed, I think uh, the scale of the challenge, um, in our opinion, requires greater and maximum collaboration and cooperation. Uh, We can't go back to where we were. It is impossible. Um, uh, Various leaders and nations would need to come together and make really bold uh, decisions around how we get uh, to define a roadmap. Uh, that has a clear redistributive and transformative plans uh, we kind of need to reimagine and rebuild economic economies that work and value humanity uh, and and we can't leave the current uh, health systems as they are so a fundamental shift around our public health care systems uh, is required for them to, to be uh, transformed but also to save uh, the majority of the people, and of course, I think uh, this is a principle that is enshrined in the WHO, which we are uh, members of, and, um, and 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 that which is for uh, delivering uh, the the highest. Um, Attainable standard of, of public health care, which which is becoming which is is a fundamental human right, and we can't afford not to.
0: Yeah. Mm. We're going to need champions here and some sort of leadership. Uh, you know, we also know that when when governments are signatories to specific things and policies and agendas, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily trickle down to it actually happening. That that doesn't always happen. And yes. and you speak of the fact that we cannot go back to the world the way it used to be, and we need to mm-hmm. have and promote a new. Economy. Economies and so on who's going to champion these things because you 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 pre- very correctly highlight the fact that as as i've been saying there are people whose interests are at stake here
1: certainly mm. i think uh, it will start with getting a, a mobilized uh, society a civil society private sector and government collaboration coming together but you know that uh, uh, there is a need to hold some of these institutions and platforms accountable. So the role of civil society, uh, the role of media is quite critical um, in really ensuring that uh, world leaders, including private sector and civil society, do implement some of the resolutions uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that is transparent and accountable. But also uh, just getting to ensure that uh, uh, the world's richest, the billionaires, and everyone pays their fair share of taxes, etc. Uh, so it, it, is, it is upon uh, humanity, upon people, to come together and really uh, hold these institutions accountable to reimagine uh, a new South Africa, reimagine a new South, reimagine a new African Union uh, continent.
0: We also know that when you speak of taxes, um, you know, the very wealthy are known for tax evasion. And in fact, governments protect that, as we know, and and people move from one state to another to protect their wealth. That in itself also is a very difficult thing to tackle.
1: Certainly. I think it has been at the center of what we call the political capture because uh, once the government proposes a progressive tax regime, they are threatened with with the withdrawal mm. of foreign direct investment, etc. So, which again increases the levels of inequality and mistrust of this beast called democracy, uh, and 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 the nature of governments. And it, and as we have seen, this perpetuates and leads to more economic and social injustices. So, uh, I think we need to reclaim that space and really ensure that. Uh, uh, the systems of governance do work in favour the majority, as we have seen, uh, whether through the State Capture Commission, uh, it is really unravelling some of the things that we've been talking about in terms of the, the extent to which the few and the politically connected control the levers of governance and policy making to favour themselves at the expense of millions of people.
0: Are we going to see... Um uh, people account for governance problems that have now reared their ugly heads. And this is not only a South African issue. Mm. I see that you have uncovered this in many other instances in other countries as well where um, and, and women have bore the brunt of this uh, the most where you are saying that even for those who complied, so workers who, who religiously went to work who paid their taxes, who mm. contributed to unemployment funds at the end of them, uh, at the end of that found themselves wanting, found themselves on the back foot. We were talking about that yesterday on the on the show where people who had been paying for UIF suddenly found themselves with nothing in the end because their employers were not uh, contributing. So and this is not only a South African phenomenon. What I'm trying to say is that are we going to find at some point that people will be held accountable institutions for, for evading governance protocols?
1: I think it takes political will uh for us to get moving uh when there is a will uh, to get the institutions and the systems of of good governance uh moving and working functionally uh in an efficient way I think we, there there is greater prospect that we can get systems uh, to work uh, and deliver for for the majority but also to deliver uh, better and improved development outcomes so i, I would I would say uh, getting us mobilized also getting uh, civil society the media institutions to kind of track some of these commitments it's one step towards really ensuring uh, that we we, we get um, uh, value out of uh, uh, some of these institutions that exist to, to support and deliver for public good. But certainly, as you say, uh, workers uh, appear to have lost this particularly during the pandemic. And we know that, in fact, even um, the, the ILO report uh, does point to the fact that workers have lost close to $3.7 trillion in, in, in income due to lockdowns. And, and this, if you compare it to, to the profits that have been made by uh, the billionaires. So you see that uh, the world is still skewed uh, in favor of the few. Uh, much more needs to be done to really ensure that the economies do work uh, for for the majority, particularly as well for the workers in the informal sector, domestic workers, petrol attendants. Um, uh, along the value chain of what we define as informality.
0: Yeah. Mm. You know, you, you you talk about how we're going to get the world back on track and you make mention of decent education and I, I want to chuckle because one of the things that has continued to happen during this pandemic is that it's distinctly those who are more fortunate are getting the education and those who are not who are losing out on the education. How are we going to get that right?
1: Mm. I think it's uh, this is an outcome of a public policy uh, choice, which is now, of, of course, uh, negatively affecting majority of the African child, particularly in townships and in the rural areas. So this digital divide uh, is now being uh, experienced, and and it's an in in inequality of some sort. So uh, uh, we would uh, be thinking along the lines of really ensuring that. Uh, Governments, including working together with the private sector, to ensure that there are investments uh, that go towards um, rolling out of, of digital infrastructure, access to data, but also lowering the cost of data, particularly uh, uh, for the majority of the people, so that we close this gap in terms of the digital divide as it relates to uh, education. But this has only not deprived of uh, children's access to school, but also Majority of um, African children coming from disadvantaged families do rely on the schools feeding programs mm-hmm. uh, for their um, food and nutrition, etc. So we have seen that in some instances this has not been clear and better coordinated, as we see with the rise of uh, cases of hunger uh, in, in in some provinces, but particularly. Uh, in the in in the informal townships and informal segments surrounding major cities so that's uh, an area which the government has to really focus on uh, investing in uh, in, and ensuring that uh, those systems for food access and access to education are not not disrupted and i think transparency in this instance will be an essential uh, element to ensure uh, and protect um, uh, some of the resources that are meant to be invested, whether in the public uh, sector uh, as we have seen for instance the, the reports in housing what the cost of of uh b- b- sanitization mm. Uh, mm. was so mm. In the absence of transparency, then you can only speculate,
0: yeah. Mm. You know, institutions like yourselves are not new. You've been around. You've been showing us a lot of, uh, you know, some of the things that you're talking about now are not new. So that reflection has been happening over time. What impact do these kind of reports have essentially um, Mm. on governments and on the very people that you're talking about, you know, tax, people who are evading tax and so on, the super rich? Do these land? Do you get an audience? Do do these have impact ultimately for the people who need it most?
1: Uh, Incrementally, I would believe so. So, We launched these on the sidelines of global uh, events so that at least we're able to contribute to agenda setting and bring to the fore some of the issues that would need a collective uh, effort. So some governments are receptive, private sector uh, actors, some are starting to be receptive, others are still pushing back, uh, of course, challenging our reports. And 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 for us, I think that is the whole idea: is to generate evidence so that we are able to contest and contribute to to public policymaking at both national, but also at the multilateral level. Yeah. Mm.
0: Thank you so much. I mean, I just uh, want to know where people can access this particular report. It's a big one. Um, is there um, yes. a condensed sort of one that people can access?
1: Certainly, they can visit our website oxfam.org.za. dot org dot
0: I really appreciate the time you've given us. You so Zuntlovo, who's a governance program manager at Oxfam uh, SA. And that report will also give you um, those details on our social media platforms as well.